This is Trinity Western University's Chapel Podcast, where our daily chapel gatherings are captured and shared for the TWU community. Whatever your day looks like today, we're glad you're tuning in. God is good. Uh All the time. All right, for those who didn't get it the first time, let's do it again. God is good. And all the time. Yeah, he is. He is good. And so I'm going to share a little bit about why I say God is good, why I believe and know that I know that I know that I know that God is good. It's not just uh, because the Bible tells me so. It's because I've seen the Bible, the outworking of God's goodness in my daily life. And so... I want to, from Psalm 34 that we read this morning, you saw that scripture, you heard that scripture read, and thank you, Ellie, for for reading that for me. I want to talk about God's goodness, and one key verse in particular I want to focus on. When I was growing up, there's a song we used to sing that says, he keeps, he saves, he keeps, and he satisfies. Talking about Jesus and what he does in our lives, and he saves us, he keeps us. And he satisfies. And so I'll be focusing on those three things in the short 10 minutes that I have. I'm used to speaking much longer than this. <laughs> so I'll be speeding right through. If you miss anything, come talk to me and I'll let you know some of the stories that I have to, I have to jump over. I'm grateful to God for all he has done in my life. And, you know, a lot of times when, when we sit around the table with my family and we're praying, one of the things we start, one of the things we say when we start is, God... You are good to us, and I'm grateful to you. His goodness commands us, pulls us, causes us to be grateful to him. And so if anything, I want my life to be lived out in this gratitude to God for all he has done for me. Today I want to talk about the goodness of God. God has been good to me, and I have the evidence to prove it. A former pastor of mine once said, He says, look, don't argue with me. Argue with the evidence. That's what science says, right? Don't argue with me. Argue with the evidence. And I've got the evidence. I've got the proof. I've lived and seen enough of God's goodness. And there's no one here, even a baby that's born a day, a month old, in conception, if if, if it's possible, they can see and look back in the short span of life and see God's goodness. 17, what, 18 years old, 20, 20 years of life, God is good (laughs) all the time. Dark clouds, down days, God is good all the time. It's good and happy and nice. It's going all good. God is good all the time. It never changes. The same he was for Adam, the same he is for us today. He is good. I'll give you a brief glimpse, and without looking too hard, you'll see the undeniable goodness of God. What does it mean when we say that God is good? To say that God is good means that he acts in accordance to what is right, to what is true and good. 
God's goodness is not a mere concept or theological topic that appears in our songs and poetry or Christianese language. It is a display of his daily acts to us. You get up in the morning and you do this. God is good. And you lay down, you say, he's good. And he's good all the time. So he saves, he keeps, he satisfies. 1997, March 8, Sunday morning, standing on the bank of a river in Jamaica, rural Jamaica, I could see my grandparents and parents and, and people from my church. Four of us were standing on the bank of the river about to be baptized. Went in the water and I was baptized. But I, I wasn't really surrendered. And it's backwards. I was baptized because those four, those three other friends, one including my brother, they were getting baptized, and so, you know, we hang together and everything, so I figured maybe if they're doing it, I should be doing it too. Some of you, I'm sure you probably have that. You've experienced that. So, so I, I, I went with them. We got baptized together. It was not until two years later when I really met God and surrendered to God, when I understood what Psalm 34 verse 8 says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts. Blessed is the man that takes refuge in him. I finally understood what that meant. You know how that happened? So here I was two years later at this party. This is a party of parties. I, I can almost guarantee none of you have seen this. A mile-long party. A mile long. Thousands of people. And, and there are like 10 different sound systems, 10 DJs, and 10 different groups of people dancing. If you go to one place and you don't like it, you move on to the next. And, you know, whatever crowd you want, you move to the next. And, you know, and, and, and that's why you're just moving this mile-long crowd of people. And, um, and I parted for a little bit until I started running into some of my, my um, classmates or my schoolmates. And they would look at me like, what are you doing here? Well, like, what are you doing here? That question pierced my heart, and I believe that was the goodness of God saying to me, asking me, what are you doing here? You're misplaced. So you know what happened? I curled up in a fetus position in this big crowd of thousands of people and slept till daylight. It was not, it was not my scene. It was not my thing. I, I realized that this isn't who I am. So I slept through this party. I slept through it, woke up, got up the next day, and went home. And here's the other thing that happened. God showed his goodness to me. My father, who is a pastor in the church and, and everything, and this time he, by this time he wasn't a pastor, he was, he was, he was an elder. And um, he got news of where I was. Of course, I was, a, I was away from home with my grandparents and with my cousins and so on, and that's how I ended up at the party. In fact, I told him we need to go to the party, the Christian guy. And so my dad saw me the next day, and he said, what, what are you doing? Don't you know who you are and whose you are? It drove deep in my heart. And I realized this is not my life anymore. It belonged to Christ. And so I began studying the word of God to know who he is. And in return, as I began to study, I began to see who I was. 
I began to realize that I no longer belong to myself, but I belong to a holy, righteous, magnificent, amazingly good God. I began to taste and see. My faith moved from the fast food drive through dining to fine dining. You pick a restaurant downtown Vancouver, yeah. Fine dining. In other words, I began to consume the word of God and my appetite changed. My outlook on life changed. The lens through which I was observing the world and what God was doing changed. I began to see and taste the goodness of God. When you sit down to eat, uh, you know, a McDonald's burger, that's just food you just, you just whack it off and done, right? You have no time to, mm, to taste and to, no, fine dining, that's what you do. And, and, and I found myself getting up in the mornings and I would have my Bible in the middle. I'd have a dictionary. I was, I was 16 by now. I've had a dictionary, uh, a, a Bible dictionary and, uh, and a commentary. No one prodded me. No one asked me. The goodness of God began to shine through in my life. And so I studied, read his word. I'm going to cut it short. God showed me his goodness by opening my eyes. And the reason you're here today is for God's goodness. He's opening your eyes to see he is. He keeps. I'll have to talk about this some other time. But God saves, but he also keeps. As I was getting ready to move off to university, I became very terrified about my faith. I was afraid, and the reason I was afraid, two reasons, I, as I look back, I realize what these reasons were. One, I, I, I misunderstood or did not understand what God's grace meant. Uh, Philippians 1 verse 6 says, for I am confident in this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you is able to finish it. I heard all the horror stories of people who moved on to university and they ditched God. And I didn't want to be that. So I was afraid. I, I don't want to be like that. But I misunderstood what his grace is. He keeps. And then God brought into my life some university students who were wild. And I don't mean tss, 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 wild. I don't mean... Yeah, man, well, no. They were doing exploits on campus for God, on campus, off campus, everywhere they went. And that's how I met them. And God said, this is the crowd I want you to follow. And I followed them, and he kept me. Beware of the company you keep, my friends. Beware of the company you keep. And if you look around, God is bringing people in your life to lead you to the place you need to. And I'm talking about the TWU. Beware of the company you keep. There are those who are following God and want God and seeking God, and there are those who don't. It's, it's just what it is. A Christian university doesn't mean everyone wants God. So find those who do and hang with them. He keeps. And he satisfies. He gave me a good wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. She that finds a husband needs all the goodness she has. <laughs> he gave me a good wife. One that's godly. I don't know anyone as passionate for God. None. None. I haven't met one as passionately burning for God. 
God's done great things in her life and my life, and that's why her story is that way, and I'm thankful that I, I've met her. He satisfies. Through my studies here, I'm going to share this very quick thing with you, how I've seen the goodness of God. God said he brought us here to study, and so my wife and I, we studied at Kenai, at uh, at Acts, and she, she did um, linguistics and, and exegesis, and I did um, uh, Christian studies in, in seminary. And um, it, it's expensive. Coming from Jamaica, it's expensive living here. Now, honestly, I did not know how expensive it would be until I came here. It's like the ex most expensive place in Canada. It's expensive. But God said to us, I will never embarrass you. I will not embarrass you. I remember one month our rent was due, and just... Uh, as, as the time was coming for our rent to be paid, we, we opened our account and looked. At the time, our rent was $575. You know how much was in our account as our rent was due? Guess. Not a cent more, not a cent less. Not a cent more or a cent less. That was God in his goodness saying, I got you. So I don't know what your needs are. I don't know what your cares are, but God's got you. He said to us, I've got you. I will never embarrass you. We never missed a bill. We never missed a payment. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. God is good. And all the time. Don't take my word for it. The psalmist says, oh, taste and. Oh, taste and. He's imploring you, and I'm imploring you, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Accept him wholly and wholeheartedly. Pursue him passionately and shine brightly for him. Because God is good. There's never a promise he's made that he cannot and will not keep. He's good. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message has challenged, encouraged, and inspired you as we continue learning and growing together in discipleship to Jesus. Every week, you'll find new chapel messages on our channel from local and international speakers ranging in diverse and engaging topics. So go ahead and subscribe for the latest of what's going on in chapel. Much love and happy listening.